Hello everybody, and welcome back to the Lean Toss-Up CDL Call of Duty Podcast. We are back. Welcome to the 2024 season. Ushering in the 2024 season, I am joined as always by uh, CDL Metrics at CDL Metrics on Twitter. Welcome back. How's it going? Yeah, it's going well. We're doing video for the first time. We'll see if we get any hiccups along the way, but yeah, excited for the new league year. A lot of changes going into this year that we'll get to in a bit, but but yeah, excited as always. How about you? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited. Yeah, this is for if you're watching this on the Lean Toss Up Sports YouTube page, or apparently you can watch podcasts on Spotify. I didn't know you could do that. I was surprised by that, but apparently you can. So if you're watching it there, you've you've likely seen uh, the college football podcast with Buck Metrics, a, a different. Twitter account also with metrics at the end, but not the same. But no, so this is, we started doing video podcasts for that. And yeah, we're going to try it for this too. And if you're clicking on this link and you're like, they're not talking about college football. Uh, yeah, this is Call of Duty League. This is a little different. This is esports. And I think there's a kind of a, a comparable audience. I think a lot of people who like college football also might like this too. So I think there might be some overlap there. So yeah, so just a quick very quick rundown. Call of Duty League is a 12-team esports league sponsored by Activision, focused on Call of Duty. Each match is a best-of-five series. There's three different game modes, Hardpoint, Search, Destroy, and Control. Uh, each one has its own unique features. We'll talk about them at, at different times. But yeah, there's two Hardpoints, two Search and Destroys, and one Control played in each best-of-five. And similar to betting spreads in football, uh, you have you can have a, a plus one-and-a-half maps, a minus one-and-a-half maps, but different from football you can actually bet in-game spread. So for example, a hard point is a game mode played up to the first team to get to 250 points. You can bet hard point spreads, search spreads, control spreads, and there's also relatively new is player props. So you can bet over kills, under kills, etc. So cause some similarities, and I think, yeah, it's always a really fun sport. So we are back here now with the 2024 season, and uh, yeah, let's, let's get into it. So off-season league changes. I guess one of the not changes that the league continues to exist. That that is notable because the other it's uh, sister league, the the Overwatch league no longer exists. But yeah, the Call of Duty league still exists. There are some new teams. You can the Carolina Royal Ravens. They are not infringing on copyright of London because it's the same team. Yes. What is this? It's literally the same. Yeah, actually, you can see there's a little bit of a difference here. Shout out to the graphics we have here on this now. You can see this the tip end. There's a little TM there that's not a, that's not there. That's a very slight change. Literally the same Raven, except they changed the color of the eye and they threw a crown on it, which is weird because I don't know. And then obviously Florida Mutineers, again one of the best logos in sports, honestly, is now dead and it's now this Miami Dolphins ripoff logo. What do you yeah. what do you think? What do you think about the logos? So the Carolina Royal Ravens, I actually like the shade of blue, and I feel like we don't have a team that's like primary blue in the league, which is hard to believe. There are teams that use the color blue, but and I guess London used to, but either way. The move to Carolina obviously is upsetting a lot of like British fans and for good reason. Like they never hosted anything or they did one event maybe in 2020. But since then, they've done nothing. They've been a pretty bad organization, and now they pack up and move to North Carolina, of all places. I did see in the offseason that the move maybe had to do with, like, 
esports stipends that organizations can receive in the state of North Carolina. I'm not a legal expert, so don't quote me on that, but it had something to do with that, I think. And the Royal Ravens have played from Carolina over the past few years anyway with COVID. I guess that move makes sense, but yeah, very subtle change with the logo. And yeah, Florida Mutineers, rest in peace to that branding, even though they weren't a great team ever. Like, their logo they, they was awesome. Won, they, they did win a home series in the They first were okay year. in the first year, yeah. yeah. There's a couple they were pretty they were hot for a stretch the... during year one. Yeah. But then after that was yeah. it. That was so, the peak. Yeah, definitely. Since then, it's been all downhill. But the color scheme, the branding, all good. Um, but yeah, they uh, have new ownership now. So the Heretics organization comes in, like you said, just basically takes the Dolphins logo and tweaks it to an H and called it a day. It's almost the exact same colors as the Dolphins. I guess it's Miami in a sense. So again, not huge moves, um, but it feels like we have at least one every year and these are the ones for this year. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, that's true. Again, people were calling for expansion and then we almost had contraction where one team didn't exist. Literally the roster for one team was announced earlier today or officially announced earlier today, basically yesterday. That is cutting it close. And it's not sometimes in in football you're like I'm not going to announce who my starting quarterback is this year, this, year uh, this week to make the other team prepare. There is no advantage to not having a Call of Duty roster until the week before games. That's not how that works. Yeah. Okay. So do you want to explain about a bit about the game? Yeah. So the new game, even though the title is very similar to last year's, they just added a three to the end. It is a way different game, and you ask anyone who is playing it right now, it it feels like a totally different game. There are a lot of jokes out there that it was a $70 DLC, which it it does feel like that at at times, yeah. But but yeah, it's a a much different game. Um, So yeah, the big bullet points we have listed, it's a slower time to kill, mostly because the health points that you have as a player are up from 100 to 150, so it usually... It takes another bullet or two to kill somebody, uh, depending on what gun you're using at what range. Um, So that's a good thing. I think most pros would agree that's a good thing. We want to reward players who are accurate with their shots, and upping the health does that. Um, And the other big one is more advanced movement. So slide canceling is back. Um, It's a mechanic that's controversial in a way but I think for pro play it is good to have just because it increases the skill gap of movement between players I think it's good it looks a little goofy when you're watching it but or playing I feel like the average soldier shouldn't be able to like sprint and slide and sprint and slide constantly forever but in this game that's a legit thing you can do it's not jetpacks but it's an improvement on how slow the game was last year. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on those first two, Robert? Yeah. I. Uh, the thing is, I know there is some debate in the community about TTK, uh, Time to Kill, and I prefer a much slower Time to Kill. Um, the last couple games, especially the original, well, not, I guess the original remake from Modern Warfare 2019, the one out during predominantly covid that one was insanely fast. It was literally like someone looks at you and you're dead. That's how fast it was. And some of the guns were insanely overpowered. I remember just 
you could just run around again now to be fair this is uh what's the map the the insane map where it's there's four crates and you just run around and kill everybody was it's not shipyard is it shipment shipment yeah shipment thanks and you could just run around the mp5 and just literally look at someone and kill them you could have kill 10 kills in 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 seconds and it's that's not and now to be fair that's not a pro map for obvious reasons but there was way too fast time to kill and i felt like cold war did a really good job on that i really liked the multiplayer in cold war it was really good a lot faster time to kill a lot more skillful game i thought and then we move on to vanguard which was garbage and you now you were supposed to be set in world war ii and i had guns that I think we're better than current guns. Murdering people from across the map with a gun made of wood. Yeah, not realistic and just insanely strong, insanely powerful guns. Now, I actually didn't play last year's game, mostly because I was just so turned off from Vanguard, and I figured they were going to do something with this DLC. So I probably will get this game, and I, I probably will play it, mostly because I actually do the, as you can talk about later, the retro maps. But no, Time to Kill is a much, a much better thing for players who want to be semi-pro at least or at least play in a pro style and additionally it's all it also helps with your handicap of the game too because it allows for it basically increases the skill gap so before with vanguard and and, and now there's also a lot of reasons why vanguard was the way it was but you literally would see instances where it was like okay games go down to the wire every game is decided by 25 points or so because it's getting a kill is so random. It's a team being better than another team counts for so much little, so much less than it would in a more skillful game. Because everybody is so overpowered. Just because you need to be a bit more skillful just to squeeze out that, just to basically squeeze out a little bit of advantage to win a game. But still, though, it's still that that it even being much much better only equates to a little bit better in-game performance. And but when we went back to Cold War, which was I think the last most skillful game. It was a very clear, and in that year, it was very clear there was two good teams. And that was Phase and Ultra. Now I like that. Now unfortunately, Ultra came out on the short stick a couple of times in those in that year, but it was a lot better of a game and a lot easier to predict. And I think a lot better in that case. I think there was just a lot of bad teams because that, that was the year when we had a lot of. There were some days when we would have we would, we'd sit down there on a on a Saturday or a Friday and we would have cool. We're gonna have nine maps today, and that's it. We're gonna have three three O's, and that's it. And or yeah. and that's the thing. And it was, you could just be like, this team is better than this team is going to win. They're going to win. And I think that is an interesting take on this. And I think that's important to keep in mind too. If this game is more skillful, similar to Cold War, I think it's going to be a lot easier to predict, which is good for us because we are in the prediction business. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree with all that. Yeah, one other thing with Vanguard, I just, I feel like I block it out of my memory completely because it was so rough, but... One other thing that set that game apart was the, like, destructible walls on basically every map. And that just increased the randomness to a whole nother level where... And it explains a lot of those hard points that were, like, 250 to 240 or 250 to 245, where it's just chaos the whole time. Last year's game was much more positioning mattered team coordination mattered and reaction time still mattered a lot because time to kill was so fast but because movement was slow it kind of it altered things somewhat yeah this game i think will look most like cold war in terms of time to kill and the movement we'll see how it plays out with the maps they're obviously much different than cold war's maps but but yeah a lot of good things 
Red dots on minimaps are back. For some reason, they weren't last year. It's just good to have. If someone shoots their gun and they're close to you, you should see that on your minimap and be able to locate them instantly. And if you played last year's game, you'd hear gunshots all around you. You didn't know if they were your teammates. You didn't know if they were the enemy. So it was very confusing. So red dots being back is huge. Full dead silence is available 100% of the time if you want it. In years past, dead silence has been a field upgrade. So it's something you get every so often. You get it faster if you're getting kills. And if you get kills while you're using dead silence, it resets. So you keep having dead silence. So that mechanic was odd, I think, to most people. Most people would just prefer to have dead silence completely on all the time. And one other thing is it wasn't really completely silent in the past games because when you triggered it, it let out this really obnoxious beeping noise. So if you could locate where the beep was, you knew where the person was. So now in this year's game, if you equip the covert sneakers, I think they're called, your character won't make any noise whatsoever when they're running. I think they still make some noise when they mantle or are climbing a ladder. You'll still hear those little sound cues, but for running around, you hear absolutely nothing. So that's awesome, especially for search and destroy. Very important. So that's great. And then the last couple, gentlemen's agreements are flying around like crazy right now. And right now we're obviously in the preseason stage of the game, but some I've listed some on the bottom there. Some weird ones just, this year, just, like I, you I have to have a red dot. what Gentleman's Agreement is. Yeah, sure. Gentleman's Agreements are agreements that I think 9 out of the 12 CDL teams all agree to in principle that aren't necessarily observed in the official rule set of the Call of Duty League. Some things eventually get worked into the rule set, so they go from being Gentleman's Agreements to just rules, and that's good. That's what we want. But... For kind of the more obscure stuff, if a vast majority of the league agrees to ban something, it gets banned, essentially. Listed are some, like, mandatory red dots if you're an AR player. That's a new one. I I haven't heard of that in recent years. Knives as a secondary. That's one that's been used in years past. The knife in this game is just so overpowered. You can just spam spam it like crazy and get kills and it's pretty easy other ones are more common like the two trophy systems max per team otherwise you'd have eight trophy systems on the map potentially at once and that's not what we really want and snaking which was a big one that came out yesterday which is a really hard thing to get through a gentleman's agreement because it's a type of play style it's essentially when you go between crouching and standing up or going prone and crouching adjusting your height quickly on some sort of cover and it's just it's bad because if you're the other player looking at someone doing that it's almost impossible to kill them off of that cover that they're on it's hard to ga because you have it's a thing you can do within the game it's not you can't adjust a setting to make that impossible to do you just aren't supposed to do it unless the developers for the game come in and adjust the time between crouching and standing up or vice versa. It's just going to be a a thing in the game that the pros have to agree not to do. So 
There's a more than that, even more attachments, more weapons that are banned in gentlemen's agreements. But but yeah, it's just I don't know. The, the, I like that the pros are trying to make the game better by adjusting the rule set on their own. But after a while, it does get a little hard to track what is allowed and what is not. That's a tricky one. And then the last bullet point we have a new map set. Obviously, it's a new game. We have new maps. But they should look familiar to a lot of people because they are the original Modern Warfare 2 2009 maps. So all the ones listed there are the maps for the game. Some good, some bad. I think most will play well and we'll obviously get more maps in the rotation. Or I shouldn't say we'll get more maps in the rotation, but more DLC maps will be released as the year goes on. So if pros end up liking one of those over one of the current ones in the list, it might get subbed out later. But but yeah, those are the ones we have for now. Um, so yeah, I don't know if you wanted to touch on GAs at all or Dead Silence or whatever. Otherwise, we could uh, move on. Yeah, No, I, I think we, we can too. I'm excited for some of these maps. Apparently, some of these maps are good, but some of them are not so good. So we'll have to see how they play. I, I've seen a little bit, but not a lot. But the best test of it will be when we see this in a couple weeks. So I think that's fair. Okay, actually, I'll let you, I'll let you explain the format because you're the one who who did the, the the calculation here. So you go ahead and explain this. Yeah, sure. So uh, the format is actually pretty different from last year. Most years, the format changes slightly. This is a pretty drastic change in multiple ways. First thing, we have more online qualifiers than ever before. More leading up to a major, so we have seven now before a major. That's up from five from the last three years. It's always been five. I think that's a really good change. We could even go more, I think, but seven is an improvement on five. We'll have less like wonky tiebreakers to sort through in theory. I'm sure we still will have quite a few tiebreakers from teams that end up both going four and three or three and four or whatever, but... But yeah, seven is an improvement on five. There's still 10 CDL points each, so that's the same. And the funny thing is the percentage of CDL points that come from online qualifiers is basically the same. That's due to a number of factors, but the primary one being there are less majors. There's one less major this year. That's the next bullet point on the list. So that's not ideal to go from five majors to four, but that's what we're doing this year. The locations this year, two were played last year, two new locations. So Boston, we're going to for major one in the dead of winter. Again, we'll see how that goes. Miami, a new location, obviously new organization this year. Uh, Toronto is a repeat location. They've been awesome hosting their events. And then another new location in Charlotte, the COD League did have an event in Raleigh, North Carolina last year, but not in Charlotte. Similar area, but different location. Still all twi- all 12 teams qualify for the major, so that's good. Same double elimination bracket. The bottom four seeds start in the lower bracket. The top eight start in the upper bracket. And there's more points now for placing at a major. That was a big thing that people wanted. They wanted LAN victories to mean more than online victories. So the CDL adjusted the points accordingly. I think last year you got 65 points for winning an event. Now you get 100 points. 
I think last year's second place was 50, now it's 75. All of those values have been bumped up, but because we have so many more online qualifiers, the ratio of CDL points coming from online versus LAN is largely the same. We win some, we lose some. In the end, it is what it is, but, but yeah. So that's a little unfortunate that we're still at that 53 to 54% number for the online qualifiers. Maybe one day that'll be adjusted even more, but that's what we have for now. And then champs, we still don't really know where that's going to be. Rumors are Texas, which could be fun. Last year it was in Vegas. The year before it was in Los Angeles, I believe. Um, so that's a location that's moved around. Texas makes a lot of sense. They're a huge organization. They don't have a major on the books for this year. Champs could be fun. And then all we know right now, top eight teams qualify. That's not new. And it's still a double elimination tournament. My guess is that it will be the exact same format as last year's champs, where all eight teams start in the upper bracket. There's no lower bracket starters. Some years we've had the seven and eight seeds start in lower, lower bracket and like the one seed gets a buy and the two seed gets a buy and it's funky, but I'm sure they'll announce champs news in the coming months. So yeah, that's where we are for the format. Again, much different, but in a way still the same. Yeah, I think it is because we called for, we wanted, I think it's weird because we called for an increase in online qualifier matches. And we got it, but we wanted 11, not 7. And there is a big diff. there's still a difference between that. It's, I guess it's halfway, but it's also not halfway because, okay, now you're not playing 5 out of the other 11 teams, now you're playing 7 out of the other 11 teams. So you're playing a majority of the teams, okay, but you're still missing 4 of them. And whichever ones you're missing, you can now make, like, and, and this is the, the point, right? Because you've now like before they were like oh this team does really well at land was like okay your seating at land is completely determined by how you do in the online qualifiers you only have five games if you have two tough games in there and then you throw a third easier game you're done you're going to be in losers bracket and then okay you can win one match in losers bracket okay but then you're then you can then fall victim to another higher up seed coming down and crushing you. So you could have been an okay team, but you could get no points or maybe even just ten points from a major, just because of the way your seeding worked. Right? So we said, okay, you need to have more matches. You need to have it more fair because some teams had and you and you personally for you always put out tweets. I think before every every online qualifier, so you were saying this team has the easiest schedule. This team has the hardest schedule. You did that, and I actually I started doing it too last year as well. Not I didn't put it on Twitter though. You put it on Twitter. I did. I talked about it here in the show. I did win projections or expected wins. But it's it's tricky because now it's okay. Now what are we supposed to do? It's there. There is still that element to it. You haven't complete. You've helped it a little bit. You haven't taken it away because there's still no the thing is because these teams one aren't set at the beginning of the year and constant through the entire year and then. They're very fluid. You can add players, subtract players, right? So a team that's bad at the beginning of the year could be good at the end of the year. So there's no way to, to lock in a balance schedule for every team, every major. That's impossible. The only way to do that is have everybody play everybody. That's the only way you can do it. And we've decided not to do that. And we've decided to mess around with the schedule. And, and as you'll see later, some 
weeks have more games than others. It's a weird mix mash of things. And yeah, uh, again, very also sad by the fact that we've dropped down another whole major tournament. Rum- rumblings on that was that they couldn't find a team that wanted to host a fifth major. So that's why they did that. That's sad as well, but it is what it is. And yeah, I think it's, yeah, basically everything's the same except they taken away a major and added an, added two more qual- qualifying games per thing, which helps a little, but the loss of a major stings. Yeah, but we'll see. I don't know. All right. Preseason power rankings. This is, and so basically CDL Metrics and I, we sat down and I had seen the rankings before. Now, obviously the top two are not a surprise to probably anyone based a little bit for CDL Metrics over there, but basically I had seen the top two. I hadn't really paid much attention to the bottom of the board and I've made my own rankings of how I think the team should be ranked. And I'm a little different than consensus and you're a little different consensus. And we're going to highlight how different we are from consensus here in, in a little bit. But this is our kind of combined power rankings. This is who you've got one and, and who I don't like. So basically what we do is we, everybody, we add up if I, who I have one and who, who we add up my rankings and, and his rankings. And then we, we figure it out that way, assign points, and then we get, we do it that way. So first up is Atlanta phase. So the consensus ranking is first with a 1.5 overall ranking. I had him, I had phase second. CDL metrics had them first. Again, very little difference there. Why do you have this team first and not... Yeah, why first? Why would you not put this team below any other team? Yeah, good question. I really thought about not putting them first, but I just kept coming back to the consistency that this organization shows us year in and year out. They have finished first in the regular season standings every year the CDL has been in existence. They've only won champs once. That's fair, but they've been to three. They weren't at the champs final last year. That was the first time they hadn't been, but they're just consistent as can be. They bring back three of four starters. Their fourth player replacement slasher was on the team last year. They bring in Draza from the LA Thieves fire sale, essentially. To me, that's a good move. I think it's close to a lateral move, maybe an improvement depending on who you ask, but to me, phase is just consistent and I know they're going to be great year in and year out again I mentioned before I think this game is most similar to Cold War and FaZe was dominant that year that they were just a freight train all year long on that title I think they should be great again and one other rank or one other factor I threw into this was at least in the early season I think Hardpoint will be a little iffy for everybody. I think hardpoint rotations in this game aren't great. Like we're going to have a lot of maps where teams rotate super early because there's a money hill coming up and they want to get all 60 seconds on it. If that's the case, I think hardpoints could be close all year round, or we're going to see a lot of splits game one and game four. With that being said, I think search and destroy at least early on is something I'm looking at. And FaZe are the Search and Destroy Kings. They were dominant in that mode last year. The year before was great as well. I I just trust them in that game mode the most. And I think that is, of all the game modes from the past few years to this year, that one to me carries over the best. So that's why I have FaZe 1. 
But I, I think if there's any year where you could make an argument for another team, it is this year because I think the gap is shrinking at least somewhat on them and the rest of the field. Yeah, I agree with that. Again, I still have them to, again, I'm not like they're fourth. They're still one of the top two teams in the game. They're still very competitive. I don't know. I can't speak for how you rank them, but for me, it's like I have one team just slightly ahead of them, just at like fractions of a point, if that makes sense. I still think they're the best team in the game. I think they beat every other team. But I think the only thing that differentiates me for it is this game, and it, we we've seen it, we talked a little bit about the pacing before. It's going to be a slower game. I think that, and, and we're seeing the ARs are a lot more powerful than the submachine guns. Submachine guns usually in the last several years have been much more powerful than the a assault rifles. The assault rifles are seeming to, to be a lot more powerful this year, and, and we're, I think we're seeing a lot of two, three ARs in some maps now. I think that in that case, you have to default to who's the best AR in the game. And I don't think that's Selium. I think Selium is the second best AR in the game, and it's a very close gap, but I think there is one assault rifle player who's better. I'm gonna I'm gonna hold that until we get to my t until we get to the team that I think that is. I think some people could probably guess, but no, I think again, very good team. My only one concern with this team is the fact that, and it's not a problem with Draza. I love Draza. I loved him on Thieves. I like him here too. My only concern is the team composition in that case because you got rid of Slasher, who was very clearly an AR. And then you replace him with an SMG, which is weird, because I'm not sure exactly how, what the plan is to rebalance that. Is it a BZ on AR or Simp on AR? That's my question, because a BZ and Simp are mostly SMGs. Selium's obviously an AR, so my question is who plays what? Or is Draza going AR? So I, I don't know. I, I'd be interested to see. I, again, yeah, they're going to be a very it, good team, but... Yeah, it'll, it'll be Draza on the AR. Him and Kenny kind of switch roles over the last couple years, where sometimes we saw Kenny on the SMG, sometimes we saw Draza. By the end of the year, Draza had settled into that AR role and looked comfortable, more comfortable in that role, and Kenny looked more comfortable on the SMG. So, yeah, I have no doubt it will be Draza as the AR. If it depends, like, there is a little bit of speculation on who will be the quote-unquote main AR, the slower AR of the two between him and Selium. That's TBD, but you are right. There will be some maps where, or some hills in hardpoint, where you're going to want three ARs on the map and one SMG, maybe even four. I don't know. We'll see how that gets. And we've seen in years past, like when Simp has to be the third AR for Atlanta Phase, he's good, but he's not what he is when he's able to use an SMG. Totally fair critique. We'll see if maybe SMGs get buffed as updates to come in throughout the year, but no doubt right now ARs are king. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Okay, so now let's go to the number two here, Toronto Ultra. I have them as my one, you have them as your number four. Which is interesting because then that means that we are then disagreeing significantly on on three and four and the other ones because then that means that not, now because I've actually seen a lot of this in the last little bit especially when we're doing the the college football rankings when it's like oh okay we both agree on like the top two or three but then it's I have this team two and I have this team seven so you they end up as like the fourth team or something right it, it carries away it, it carries that way no I think that. Um, of all of them, I, I think Scrappy is the best AR in the game. I think there's a very c compelling argument for that. 
And I think that in that if this is an AR dominated meta, the best AR is going to win, and I think that's Scrappy. And with the GA of snaking, I think that's a kind of nerf to Selium. Selium is known as no the kind of person, yeah, yes, as as the person who perpetrates snaking the most. So that's a soft hit on on phase. And I think that. Yeah, I, I think Scrappy's the best AR in the game, and I, I do Scrappy MVP bets. Every time I get a little free bet, I'm putting a little something on Scrappy 7-1 League MVP. I, this is the thing. Will Ultra win the most events? I don't know, but I think they're going to be a very scary team to play against. This league, I think there's been a couple times when this league's always been a little top-heavy to some extent, but the degree to which it's going to be top-heavy, it's always been like, okay, there's one or two good teams, and then there's just a bunch of middle this is now, there's four good teams and then a bunch of crap. And I think this is now, okay, this is now a lot more top-heavy. And it's basically, majors are going to come down to the same five, six teams. It's going to be like, these teams are always going to be the ones in loser bracket. These are always ones are always going to be in winner's bracket. And we'll see. I'm intrigued to see how this goes. But yeah, Ultras, I think, is the best team. And I think it's hard to say... The betting markets have a lot of respect for them as well. It's hard to say that Ultra is... I think Ultra versus FaZe is a very competitive matchup, and, and i like to see that. I can't wait to see that play out in probably very soon, actually. Probably just a couple weeks away. What do you think? Hey, you have yeah, the yeah. I know. I hate them, apparently. No, my, my gap between 2, 3, and 4 is as narrow as it gets, basically. It's, it's super, super tight between the those two, three, and four teams. Gap Toronto, unfortunately... And, that gap between four and five is massive, then. Yes, yeah, and we'll get to that a, a little yeah. later because we have had five good teams in the league, and now we might be seeing that shrink a little bit. But, yeah, your case for Toronto is perfect. If this is an AR-heavy game, they have two of the best. I'm just looking at player statistics from last year. The damage per life category, which... I did some analysis over the offseason, is basically as good as KD in terms of correlating to wins. Scrap and Insight are arguably the top two, I'm sorry, not top two, but best AR duo in the league. Celium and Slasher from last year, way, way up there as well. But again, if you add an AR into the meta, would you rather have Envoy on AR or Simp on AR. I think I'd rather have Envoy. I think he's a little more flexible. If that's the trend, Ultra could be the number one team in the game. I think you're absolutely right. Uh, we've seen in the preseason tournament so far, there have been a couple pretty notable ones. One that was hosted by Boston Breach very early on, and then one that was hosted by The Flank just recently. The Toronto Ultra players in those tournaments did very well. I believe The Flank Invitational... The winning team had two Toronto Ultra players and... Oh yeah, sorry. I don't want to spoil it yet. But the winning team did have two Toronto Ultra players and the Boston Breach Invitational. I believe there that was the Seattle Surge team that won, if I'm correct. But Toronto still placed very well in all those tournaments. So far, this early meta has been very kind to them. They're a great organization. They know what they're doing. And they clearly upgraded one of their SMGs. Last year, they had Hixie come onto the team midway through the year. He led them to a major championship. That was huge for them, the high point of the year. But being able to take him and replace him with Envoy, who is a proven player, I think everyone agrees is a better player than Hixie. 
the sky's the limit for this Toronto Ultra team. I think they're absolutely better than they were last year. But is it enough to get over these other teams high in these standings? We'll, we'll see. It'll be close. Yeah, I agree. Again, I, we'll talk about that gap. But yeah, there's. I think they're definitely one of the best teams in the, in the league. I think that's pretty agreeable. Subliners. So this is the defending championship team. And arguably, they got better. They basically sub out Priesta for Sib. That's very arguably an upgrade. <clears throat> I'd say it is as well. But to be fair, also FaZe and Ultra have had upgrades as well. I have them third. You have them second. Again, a very close here. I think this is a really good team. And it's weird because we've had years when subliners were not. Subliners were definitely in that second, third tier of teams and battling it out there. But... No, this team is legit. It is really legit and really scary. And, like, you don't want to have to... This is going to be one of those games when it's... Or years when you're, like... You're going to randomly get value on, like, subliners playing a team. And you're going to be like, I think this other team's going to win, but I'm getting better odds on subliners. And then I think you're just going to be like, I'm going to pick subliners, and subliners will just randomly win some of these, right? Some of these are going to be so close, and I think subliners is going to be a very sneaky pick in a lot of these games. What? So you have them second. What do you think differentiates this team above Ultra and the the other teams? Yeah, I, I, won't I just the think... Place team yet. <laughs> <laughs> I think people can make a guess on who's fourth, yes. but yeah, my argument for New York is we just saw it happen. They were the best team at the start of last year, and they were the best team at the end of last year. They won Major 1, they won Major 4, if I'm not mistaken, or Major 5, whichever one it was, and then they won Champs, and they look good. Yeah, I think the improvement going from Priesta to Sib is notable, just looking at damage per life statistics from last year, Sib ranked 7th in the league, 7th among ARs. To no one's surprise, ARs very good in that category. Priesta, a little further down the list, still had a great year, but to me it seems like an upgrade. The reason why I have FaZe above them is just my, my commitment to putting an emphasis on Search and Destroy earlier in the year. I trust Atlanta in that mode more. We'll see how hard points go. I just think they could be a little fluky, like I said earlier. And Hydra, MVP of the league, I would argue he's the best SMG in the league. Now, again, in a game where maybe ARs dominate, maybe Hydra's impact on the map goes down and they have to rely more on Skies, more on Sib. But if that's the case, still, I love that AR duo as well. Yeah, New York, I, I absolutely love them. I was this close to ranking them above FaZe, but I said no. But yeah, the, the reigning champs, and I think they're going to have another great year. Yeah, agree. I agree. This is going to be a really good team, and it's really hard at this point at least, and maybe even at the end, which of these three teams will win champs. I think it's going to be one of those th- these three teams. And, and to be fair, again, one of the only reasons I am not as high on subliners is because, again, I think this is going to be an AR-dominated meta, and Hydra is not an AR. Hydra is the best player, not an AR. He's mostly an SMG player. So that's my take on it. That's the only reason I have them third. If not, I'd have them higher, but that's... And again, I could be wrong. Maybe the meta changes. Maybe SMGs get more overpowered. ARs get nerfed. I don't know, but that's my take on it so far. Okay. 
four, and I think as people can quickly guess, Optic, we have them as fourth. I have them as fourth. You have them as third. Slightly ahead of Ultra. Average rank, I guess, would be 3.5 there. What is... What are your thoughts on this team? So this team obviously had a lot of changes from last year after Scump retired. I was about to say the loss of Scump, but he's still there making content. He's not—he's just stepped aside a little bit, but he's still very prevalent. Then in the off season, there was rumors of at one point there's rumors of Hydra that stopped, and there was rumors of Pred. They actually did get Pred, so now they have Pred, uh, Shotzi, uh, Dashi, and then they picked up Kenny from the flaming husk that was Thieves. Apparently, everybody just picked over Thieves. Actually, yeah, the, the top four... All, no, except for the exception of Subliners. Like, the top four, the top three here, Phase, Ultra, and Optic, they all picked off what was left of Thieves after Octane retired. But, no, it's... I don't love this team. Obviously, I love Pred. Pred's really good. But, again, my take on this is an AR meta, and Pred is an SMG. We've seen... Pred made amazing, make amazing plays. I'm not taking that away from him. But if this is an AR game, how effective is is an upgrade at an SMG going to be? How 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 effective is a better SMG? Because functionally, Pred's the upgrade over Hook. How okay, that's great, big upgrade there. But how big of an upgrade is that really? And I again, not saying this team is bad, but I'm saying that I think I'm going. And as you can see, my, my ranking is biased towards the better AR teams, at least for the top four. But again, I the thing is, there's so much expectations on Optic teams always, and you always have to worry about that level on it too. And I, I feel like at any given moment, Optic is just like days away or like a bad loss away from a massive team change. And I just, I don't know if this team is going to be the one that gets them there. I don't know, but we'll have to see. What are your thoughts on, on this Optic team? Do you share my sentiment that it's good but not great? Or do you think this is this is their year? Yeah, I, I think... I don't know what to think. <laughs> it's hard. My ranking of them is third. And in some ways, I think it's too high. And in some ways, yeah. I think it's too low. My big thing with... And I get the, the whole ARs maybe dominant when you have Shotzi and Pred and even Kenny, who's played a lot of SMG lately, having those guys run ARs if needed, you feel a little iffy about it. They've all done it in the past. I don't... Pred maybe would stay on the SMG if it had to go to three ARs. I think maybe Shotzi would switch over. But I think the increased movement in this game is huge for both SMGs specifically. Like Shotzi and Pred pride themselves on being able to move around the map like crazy. And in this game, they will be able to do that a little more. Obviously, again, no jetpacks, but the fact that slide canceling is back, the fact that it just feels like movement is up, I think that's good for those two players. Dashy, we saw in Cold War, was an MVP candidate. He was amazing in that game. Kenny, just based on last year's numbers, last year wasn't the best year for him. Again, he was switching roles a little bit. LA Thieves just, you know, weren't quite what they were the year prior. So I think the move from going from Ghosty to Kenny uh, in what is a trade now that Ghosty's on LA Thieves, I think that's lateral. I, I, I think Ghosty did a lot for this team last year and not having him back will affect things. But... Man, you just look at the the movement that these guys will be able to do on the map. I, I trust Dashy. To me, Dashy is 
in that tier with Zellium and Scrap for arguably the best AR in the game. Uh, a, a lot of people maybe question the, the leadership on this team, like who's going to take control now that there's no Scump. Um, but yeah, I think the upgrade from Hook to Pred is notable, uh, to say the least. And I, I just trust this Opti team. I think they'll be totally fine. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know. There's no home major for them, so that's a bummer. But if they can get champs in Dallas... That'll be humongous, but TBD on that, obviously. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Honestly, I think you said it perfectly with the, I think this is too high, but also I think this is too low. I feel the exact same way. If you told me Optic won the first major, I'd be like, yeah, okay. But if you also told me Optic Optic went 0-2 out in the first major, I'd be like, yeah, okay. Right? And I, I, I honestly don't know. It's so... I, I have no idea. I, I honestly don't know what to expect from this team at this point. I, I have no idea. I'm excited to see what happens. Uh, I'm also horrified to see what happens at some point. Because when Optic does badly, uh, a lot of people lose their minds. But yeah, it's I'm interested to see what this does. Okay, so now that we've done the top four, which obviously is... It's abundantly clear that these are the four best teams. Now is when we make our money here. We make our money on the next tier of rankings here. And I think this next one is fascinating. So you have the... We actually both have themes unanimously as the sixth place team. But weirdly enough, they're the fifth place team, which means we can't agree on the next team after. We can't agree on, on the fifth place team. This team, again, got absolutely crushed by contracts coming up. Octane retired. Obviously, Envoy to Toronto, Draza to Phase, and then Kenny to Optic. However, though, I don't know exactly who their GM is, or if it's just Nate Shot. I don't know. But I really like their moves. Their moves were really good. You get Cami, who's a solid AR. You get Afro, who's a solid SMG. And it's just, it's a, I really like this roster composition. What are, like, it's not the best team in the league, but I think if you were to, if you say, okay, they have the best team. They have the best players. I need to make a team that's at least comparable to that. I think that's the best you can do. What do you say? What do you think about Thieves? Yeah, it's it's odd. I think what they've gone through over the off season because they've had such a good team in the last couple of years, and it's abundantly clear that this year's team it will not be as good as last year's team or the year prior when they won champs. But I do think people might overlook them, at least early in the season. But yeah, you, you said it. Like, Afro is an above-average SMG. He's been with some not-so-great orgs over the last couple years with London and then with Minnesota last year. But he's still, like, he looks really good. Another player that prides himself on movement. Um, Ghosty, obviously making his rookie showcase last year with Optic. Looked good, didn't put up crazy numbers, but it was very clear that he impacted his team in a very positive way. You know, he had the nickname like Human UAV or Walking UAV because he just knew where everybody was on the map. And I, that's obviously a really good trait to have. I think in this year's game, that might matter less just because, again, movement is up. In last year's game, I feel like positioning and knowing where the other team maybe mattered a little more 
Whereas in this year, it's it's pure how well do you shoot, how well do you move. I think that's for the large part what this game will be. The fact that red dots show up on the mini map maybe neutralizes Ghosty a little bit as well. So that's part of the reason why I'm down. I don't love the AR duo on this team. Cami has been a little hit or miss in years past. And then Joe Deceives is the other SMG. Not really sure who would run the third AR on the team. That's TBD if we do have a three AR meta. But but yeah, Thieves are still a solid team. I still expect them to qualify for champs. But there's no doubt that they aren't in that top five anymore. It's now a top four. But to me, like the organization is good. They have good coaches. They know what they're doing. And they put together a, a good roster for what was left over. Yeah, the thing is, it's funny because Thieves has this, they're the LA Thieves. They're, as people would call them, a hoodie org. They have a habit of being, and, and to be fair, their their logo is similar to the LA Dodgers, which is another organization that's similar, a lot of big fan base, kind of a team that throws a lot of money around. And this team is very much Moneyball, which is really funny. It's This is not like your L.A. Dodgers team where we're going to blow $100, $100 million on a pitcher. This is this is Moneyball. This is, hey, there's value on Afro. and People undervalue Afro as SMG. We think there's value there. Cammy's a pretty good kind of flex player. We think there's value there. Joe Deceives was not a bad... Joe Deceives was, was actually a sneakily good... SMG on the LAG team that kind of died there. Ghosty, not the problem with Optic. They just let him go. We'll, we'll, we're gonna pick up that. Like we're gonna pick up that dollar bill that is left on the ground. This is a very moneyball team, and I really like that. I think that's. I I think if you, I I think it's on two pieces, right? I think it's like one maybe they didn't. A lot of these esports orgs are hurting. Maybe they said we don't have the money to spend on it, but also they don't have the players. Like all the top players are on those top four teams. There's no one else they could, like, there was, there like, who else do you, who do you throw a ton of money at? There's no one, right? On, with the exception of, like, maybe Sib, but they couldn't get Sib because Subliners picked them up. I actually think on some level they just bought the next four best players, but it's a it's very money ball. They didn't have to spend a ton of money on these players. I think it's actually a pretty sneakily good team. Like, I actually do with this team. I think this team is, is good. I think this team, we're going to get insane value on this team versus the top four, and I think... If, if one of those top four teams is underperforming, I think this team could steal some wins there. So I'm excited to see what this team can do. I think they play on the first day of the season, so I'm pretty excited for that. Next up, this is one we diverge wildly on. Boston Breach. I have them as seventh. You have them as fifth, so you have them above Thieves. Why do you have why do you have breach this high? So I I have concerns about breach. I'll let you explain the, the positives of breach, and then I'll explain the negative my my negative opinion of, of breach. Go ahead. Yeah. So my main argument is someone had to be fifth, and for me that was breach. When we go through this whole list, trying to organize one, two, three, and four was tough. I think tougher than any other year. And then you go five, six, seven, eight, nine, maybe even ten deep. That that next tier of teams is really hard. And yeah, for me, Breach gets the slight edge over all those. I guess if you look at ARs, it's now I don't know. At first glance, it looks okay. A couple of vets that have been around for a while. They get Slasher from Atlanta Phase, who I think. Most people would look at FaZe's team last year and go, yes, yeah, Slasher was probably the worst player on Atlanta, 
but he was still very good. Atlanta has had that core three of Selium, Abizi, and Simp for a while now, and everyone knows they're amazing. Whenever they lose, the blame just automatically goes to Slasher. I think he's a, still a great AR, uh, especially in Search and Destroy. He knows what he's doing. He can be a main AR for a team, and he ended up on Breach, so good on them. They also get Priesta from the New York Subliners. Again, a player I think most people would go, okay, New York were a great team last year, but who was maybe their weak link? And I think most people would point to Priesta. But again, a year that was solid. Like, I think you have a very solid foundation at AR. We'll see about SMG. Obviously, they bring Snoopy back. We saw him very little toward the end of last year, but he looked good. Like, he looked like he should be a starter in the league. And then they bring back Capsidal, who was bouncing around teams. He was on breach his rookie year in Vanguard and was a little hot and cold, got benched, and then reappeared with Mutineers last year, I believe. Again, looked okay. So he's been up and down in challengers and the pros quite a bit. But again, a game where movement, I think, will matter more. Capsidal has that. Snoopy looked like he can move around the map really well as well. And Slasher and Priesta, I think, just maybe got overlooked a little bit too much last year. They were a big reason why those teams did well as well. So that's my argument with Breach. I think ranking them fifth might be a little aggressive, but again, that's just where they ended up in this mosh pit of teams in the middle for me. Yeah, that's fair. I will... It is possible that maybe a bit too much blame go- goes on Slasher when FaZe doesn't do as well. But I just think, and this is a complaint I've had with Slasher for a couple of years, he's just very inconsistent. And I think all the same could be said for Priesta. The same can be said for Capsidal to some extent. Capsidal was... Actually, did, they benched him at one point, didn't they? Boston Breach benched him, and then they... I guess they brought him back now. I don't know. I'm a little iffy on this. I think to some extent that I, I think this team on a good day could be really good, but on a bad day could be really bad. I feel like y- you need some level of, of variability on this, but I feel like we've seen really good Priesta. We've seen 20 and 10 Priesta, and we've also seen 5 and 15 Priesta, right? And I think that's the problem, I think. And I think you could say the same thing for Slasher as well. Slasher did sometimes underperform. And I think I really need to see this team play together and be like, oh, okay, they're good, or they're not good to get a, a sense for how I think they, they would be. So we'll we'll see from there. Next up, this is, again, the exact the flip, the exact opposite. So I have Surge as fifth. You have them as seventh. I guess I'll go first with this one. I actually really like this team. I think for the exact same reasons that I love... I really like the Thieves team. I think this is also a Moneyball team. You got RCDs. You pick up RCDs. For some reason, RCDs was let go of by LAG, even though he had signed like a three-year contract. I have no idea how that makes sense or works, but whatever. He's on Surge now, so cool. It's pretty good. He was a bit of a slower AR last year, but I think that the pacing of the game really hurt him for that. And just let the team... His team was just not good. That really let him down. Hook, again, not the problem on Optic. Pretty good... SMG. Is he as good as Pred? No, that's why he was let go. So again, picking up a dollar bill that Optic left there on the ground there. Illy, again, another Optic pickup. This is like half of people from Optic last year. Again, Illy was benched because of some sort of weird drama with an injury. 
that's gone now. He's probably fully healed by that from now. Yeah, and again, we're talking about ARs. We've seen Arsides and Anili be very good, very competent ARs. I love that. And then we get Abuza, who's actually, when you look at some of the scrim data, he's actually looked really good. He's Abuza is actually my pick for Rookie of the Year, actually. I really do like him for that. He seems to be really good. Yeah, this is like the next best... If I think Thieves was like the optimal team in terms of Moneyball, I think Surge would be like just slightly better than them. I think they're, they're slightly better at that because they picked up a rookie. I think, because generally when you look at it, and, and it's weird this way, usually your European rookies are better than any other region. Snoopy is the rookie on Boston Breach. He's from Mexico. And then you've got, I think you've got at least, you've got Real on, on Carolina. He's a rookie as well. But I love some of the European ones, like Hydra was obviously an insane rookie. I feel like he could be a really strong rookie. Yeah, I, I really do like the Surge team. I think you also probably don't hate the Surge team because you have them seventh, but you think they're still worse than Thieves and Breach. What do you think about them? Yeah, it's largely just based on the data I have from last year. Our cities in Illy, obviously not in ideal situations. Illy didn't play that much, and our cities was in a rough spot on the worst organization in the league, playing with a bunch of young kids, and it just didn't go well for him all year. But I have had to adjust them lately, just because they've looked so good in the preseason. They won the Boston Breach Invitational early on. They performed well at the Flank Invitational a couple weeks ago. Just and yeah, that preseason quickly to be, data matters. Quickly to be clear there, they, the teams themselves don't play. It's half of it. You For some strange CDL reason... The full team itself can't play, so you actually have to, like, only half... The, the, the official CDL teams can't play as a full team, so you have to have two players from this team and two players from another team have to... It's, it's a weird thing. But again, that doesn't negate the point, though. Just, just a clarification. It's the, the pieces of Surge are still performing really well in these tournaments. Yeah, true. Good point there. Yes, so that first Boston event that they won, I want to say it was Hook and Illy that were paired up on that team, along with a couple of amateur players or challengers players. But but yeah, in both tournaments, the players of Seattle Surge have all performed well. Because of that, I've had to adjust them up. And the more I think about a possible 3 AR meta, the more I think I like this team. I think Arcities obviously thrives on an AR. Illy, a better AR player. He can flex. He could do both. Hook has proven he can do either. And yeah, Abuza is the big wild card, but... He's getting some hype. He is a, a good candidate to win Rookie of the Year. If he comes through in a big way, yeah, this Surge team could finish better than 7th, where I have them right now. Could they crack into the top 4? That, I don't think so. I think 5th is probably where they cap out, where you have them. But but yeah, th this team, again, it, it, to me, feels thieves in a way. Like, this, the offseason. I don't know. Seattle last year had two clear superstars on their team they lose both of them but i think they pieced it together decently and they have some upside bringing in a rookie who has some hype i've had to move them up accordingly but tbd on if they qualify for champs i, I wouldn't say they're a lock for champs but i think odds are they make it but yeah we will see with surge another fascinating team it's just I think differently built than it has been last year or last couple years with two clear superstars and two players who haven't held their own. And now you have maybe a more well-balanced roster. So we'll see how that works going for him. 
Yeah, it's, it's actually interesting. On Bet365, you can bet if you think a team is going to make champs or not, and Surge is minus 163 to make champs, which is like the line where it's, I think there's a good... I, the thing is, again, eight teams make champs, and I think they would be one of the teams that would make champs, but at the same time, it's you have to hang a minus 163 for, what, six months? Like, it's not a particularly... Yeah. If it was plus 163, 100%, let's do it, but... A minus 163 for months? Yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of that. So, um, it's not even like, I don't even know if you're getting like, uh, you can go to the bank and get a GIC for 5%. I don't even know if you beat that with that. So, uh, no, I mean, you do obviously, but, uh, yeah, it, I don't know if, I don't like that. I, I, I if there was one f- future for to make champs, I think that's the one you have to play. But other than that, I think it's the rest of them are a little odd there but anyways moving on we've got the carolina royal ravens we have them as tied for eighth with a 9.0 in terms of rating i have them as eighth you has have them as 10th this is clayster's team they pick up god rx from challengers he's been down in challenger since the 2019 slash 2019 2020 season gwen who i think is also a rookie i think he played with god rx as well and then real the challenger player from challenger player from Spain. Um, I don't hate this team, but I don't love this team. I think Goderex has been down in challengers for a while. I think there's reasons for that. Gwyn is okay. Too real is okay. I think I've, I've seen some stuff about too real, but I don't know. I just you gotta wonder at a certain point how much longer Clayster has left in him. I guess this is his last hurrah, but I don't know. I just. This team is not is clearly not as good as the other teams I have ranked ahead of them, and I think yeah, I that that's my take on it. What are what's your take on this this Carolina Royal Ravens team? Yeah, I I don't know. I worry about them a little bit. I think you have them eighth. I got them tenth. So you think they maybe slide into champs? I think maybe not. I think we're starting to get into that territory where it's like, okay, one of these teams has to qualify for champs, and we will yeah. see who it is. Based on our rankings, it looks like this is a tier break where Thieves, Breach, Surge maybe are that middle tier where it's like we're pretty confident they will make champs but maybe don't have the horses to compete with those top teams. And now I think we're in this tier of, okay, these guys are going to be scratching and clawing to get that final seed for champs. So, you know, I I like Clayster a lot. Um, he can hold his own as an AR still, even at 45 years old or whatever. No, in all seriousness, he's 30 years old. Not that bad, but we will see what these other players, obviously God RX has been in the league somewhat a, a while ago. He was on the inaugural Minnesota rocker team and looked very good in the few events they had in person that year. And then once online qualifiers hit, it, it didn't go so well, but Again, a lot of that was just weird with internet connection issues and whatnot. But he's been really solid in challengers. The young guys coming in as rookies have looked solid as well. It's a a roster construction that has a lot of upside. And I could be dead wrong about my 10th place ranking. But I just, I haven't seen enough from these guys to rank them higher. So I just defaulted to a, a 10th place ranking for them. But yeah, they're definitely in this next group of teams where it's, man, I don't know, someone's got to make it. Could it be Ravens? Sure, but I wouldn't put money on that. Yeah, I think that's very fair. Vegas Legion. Again, yet another 
European team that's moved to America for some strange reason. We have these the exact opposite. I have them as 10th, you have them as 8th. Okay, yeah, they have Standy, but I have problems with Attach. I don't think Attach has it anymore. Uh, Nero, again, we've had problems with Nero as well. And Purge, I think, is a rookie. But this, to me, seems... Okay, we have, we've had Standy, and Standy's had... I'm not sure if it's performance issues or what. Some people just do not like Standy very much. Nero, we've had... He got benched as well. He was... I don't know why he got benched from Boston. He wasn't bad, but they benched him for some reason. It's just a very weird team of, I think, players that I don't value Attach that much. I know a lot of people really Attach, and he's a great guy, but I just... I think his time has passed. And yeah, I think he was really good a couple of years ago, but now, not so much. But yeah, I have them as 10th. Why? You think this is the team that sneaks into champs, but how, how sure are you of that, that they're the next best team up? Or... Not super. Yeah, I don't have a lot of confidence in any of these teams we're going to talk about from here on out. But yeah, I, I slotted them in at the 8th spot, so to me, they will get the last seed for champs. Again, not super confident, but... I just, I think Vegas maybe are like a, what you would call a post-hype sleeper, if we're talking like fantasy football or anything like that. Like, last year, at this time, people were pretty excited for this Legion team. They had Clayster, they had TJ and Temp, and they were doing all right in scrims, and it was like, okay, Legion might be okay for once, and they almost made champs last year, and they were real close, and I think... For the most part, this team, in terms of the talent that's on the team right now, Purge, we will see. Will he be good? Will he not? Odds are he won't be that good as a rookie coming in. But I don't know. I, I think this team compares well to last year's team. That being said, last year's team placed ninth in the regular season standing, so not ideal. But yeah, to me, you look at the underlying metrics... And there is some something to be said about Standy, and people just don't think he's a great teammate or plays for kills too much, plays for stats, doesn't play for the win as much. I, I like Attach. I think he brings a leadership that this team needs. And Nero, I think, has been a solid SMG over the last couple years. He did get benched on Boston last year, but to me that was more of they just were testing the waters to see which SMG duo made sense for them. He did get benched. I think he eventually got back onto the team late in the year. But but yeah, I, I the Vegas team, I'm not in love with it. To me, they slot in at eighth, but I could very easily see them just not doing much at all this year. Not a lot of confidence, yeah. but but yeah, I guess I got them going to champ. So let's see. <laughs> I guess you do, yeah. All right, next up, Rocker. We are both pretty low on this team, and I feel like for good reason. Accuracy is back on Rocker for some unknown reason. I'm not sure exactly why. This was a player who they benched and got rid of two years ago. And I guess out of a sign of contrition or fine, whatever we're like they have this feels like a desperation. We have literally no one I guess we'll take accuracy. Linz, and then you have Awakening and Vivid. I guess the market was very low on Awakening and Vivid. Vivid got a lot of kills, but had some kind of suspect play at some times and awakening started out really strong back in that Florida mutineers team that we talked about for two weeks was really good. And then they just 
collapsed. He's just gotten progressively worse and worse, and I think he's been having role issues where I think they've been trying to put him into roles that he's not good in. And I just think this team has a lot of identity issues. I think this is going to be this team is going to struggle, and they're going to be making a, a team change. I think very soon, but we'll see. I don't know. I think you also mostly agree with that. You have them ninth, not as low as me, but you also have them pretty low. Yeah, to me, ranking them in Legion was really tough. To me, they're basically tied for eighth, but I didn't, I couldn't do that, so I had to rank one above another. And yeah, to me, Rocker were the team that got in at the ninth spot. To me, they look a lot like Legion. Like, you bring in these veterans, and then you infuse one rookie into the starting lineup just to maybe see if they can carry your team. Um, But yeah, I think pacing might be a big issue. Obviously, Vivid and Awakening play very fast. Accuracy does not. Lins, I'm not really sure about, but I don't know. It just feels like a weird team. Awakening, the underlying numbers are phenomenal for him. He's been a great player Pretty much every year he's been in the league. Um, Vivid, a little hot and cold. Obviously, he plays at that super high speed. Sometimes that works well. Sometimes it doesn't. And then, yeah, accuracy for the last couple years hasn't been much. The Seattle team had struggled. And I can't... I just... It's hard to come up with a time where Seattle performed well and you were like yes it was because of accuracy it was always pred it was always sib accuracy was there he was there for the ride but yeah it was not smooth sailing for any of those teams really so yeah rocker i worry about i'm a fan of them but but yeah i think they're going to be scratching and clawing trying to get that last spot for champs and it'll be close for sure yeah, and I think that's the problem. I think it's like, when you look at this, it's like, why was... Like, the thing is, I, there are some people who love accuracy. They think he's, like, amazing. They're like, he's the best player in the... There are some people who like, he's one of the best ARs, best thing players. But the problem with that is, is that there are a lot... Of, a lot of people will say that, but the, the reason they say that is because he has these insane clutches where he'll clutch a he'll clutch a two two v one or a three v one in S N D or something, and and they're like he's so good, and it's okay you see that moment and that moment sticks with you because he won a very he he now they may have won that map anyways regardless of that clutch but he won a crucial S N D map round so okay that's fine. But what you don't talk about is you don't talk about how he'll go. He'll have ten kills in a hard point. He'll have ten kills in a minute of hill time in hard point. They don't talk about that or how he'll be. He'll do nothing in a control map. They're like, oh, he's so good in search. Okay, that's great. But you don't have to win that search if you dominate hard point. If you're an amazing AR and you're winning games in hard point, accuracy basically just stays in the hill in hard point. He lets Pred and, and Sib go in and clear the hill, and he just sits in the hill. And picks off a kill here or there, but like he's never the one that's breaking the hill, and that's the problem. Is that lack of aggression has really hurt his game, and I think people will be like, he's so good because they'll point to this clutch or this clutch. But honestly, all the times when someone came in, and, and to be fair, some of those clutches aren't even like they're not even game-winning clutches. It's like this one, this round of SND, and okay, now it was three-three, and then. Or it was like, oh, it's 2-2, now it's 3-2. It's okay, would it really have been that bad if you were down 3-2? Like, you could have come back. It's not like he, he won them in SD that he should they shouldn't have won. But there's I, I could think of at least three to four 
I'm, I, I'm thinking of one, at least in Vanguard, of, of a hard point that they won just because of Pred. There was that crazy one against FaZe where, or it was FaZe or someone, I can't remember who it was, but like literally Pred ran into the hard point, killed everyone, and then won the game simply from him. And that's the level of Sib and Pred in there. And ac- there was very few moments when you could say Accuracy won this map. He won them a round or two of Surge. But there was very rarely a time when I'm like, he won them that. I don't understand why Rocker wanted him back with the exception that it was just a desperation play of just, I guess he's the best option we have. And that's a problem if that's your organizational mentality. I guess he's the best we have. That's my take on that. Next up, our newish, newest team. I guess newish, but newest team. The uh, Miami Dolphins. I have them as ninth. You have them as 11th. It's really hard to pin down this team. We know Vickle is good, but the problem is that we don't... A lot of these guys have been in, in challengers for a while, and they were okay in challengers, but not dominant. And okay, this one or two of them could be good, but it's very hard to say, oh, this one is going to be the good one, right? Two, they talk about Two Real as the good Spanish challengers player. This was, I believe, an entire Spanish, Spanish challengers team. They didn't win, so that's concerning. But at the same time, it's okay, maybe this team could be good or not good. It's really hard to say. Um, I think you feel the same way about that. Yeah, to me, it's just I can't rank them any higher until I see something from them. Yeah, like you mentioned, they were good in challengers. Vickle looked all right for an SMG last year. Not No one would argue he was among the top SMGs in the league, but he looked like an SMG that can get by. And yeah, I love the fact that the, all the guys are Spanish. I think that's fun. I think it works. And the rebranding of the team is good. And the fact that they're hosting a major later in the year is good. The excitement is there. The newness is there. I, I think their team chemistry will be there. Will it translate to wins? I don't know. Like, I have no clue. Maybe. You tell me. That's where I'm at for this team right now. Um, my opinion could change very quickly because, again, I have very little to go off of going into the year. Um, but yeah, to me, they were clearly better than the last team on the board. So I had to put them 11th. Yeah, I agree. And last, the unanimous worst team in the league, LAG, a team that announced their roster two days ago with spare parts they found under the couch, I think. Yeah, it's not great. Where is it here? Assault, Diamond Con. He was actually good a couple of years ago. Fame, I think he was on their team last year. Estrio, and then Assault. It's just, it's not... Diamond Con is good, but you need more than one good player to even do anything in this league. And I just, I don't see it with Assault. I don't see it with the other guys. I don't see it with Fame. I don't see it. Yeah. It's, but the thing is, again, this team waited to the absolute last possible second to field a roster, and this is what you get with that. They didn't want to exist this year, and the league made them exist. Yeah, that's what happens. Yeah, it, it's hard to argue them any higher than last place, just based on the fact that this organization doesn't even really exist, or half exists, or I don't know. The whole thing is odd with the LA Gorillas organization, obviously. We wish it was in a healthier state, but it isn't. And yeah, they're just, they're fielding a team because they have to. Could they upset some teams? Yes, they aren't going to go winless all year. But but yeah, to me, they're the, the clear pick for 
they will struggle the most and probably definitely not make champs. Sorry, LAG, but I think you know you're in that boat already. I think it's, there is a quote from someone, I can't remember who it was, I think it was an NFL player um, at one of the media days. He said, I'm just here just to not get fined. And that's literally, that's LAG's motto for the season. Who was that? Was that Marshawn Lynch? No. Yeah, beast mode, Marshawn Lynch. It was, right? Yeah, wow, that's a snipe. But yeah, no, it's, yeah, that was Marshawn Lynch. He said, because he was at, it was the media days for the Super Bowl, right? He's, I'm just here to not be fined. And that's literally LAG. They're just like, we're feeling this team so we don't get fined by the league before it dies. Yeah, exactly. Next, market analysis. So this is comparisons here. So you have our consensus ranks here. And then I threw in the difference between where we have the team ranked and where the market, the implied market value of the team is. You have the odds to win champs and then the implied probability there. I think we're mostly in line with the market, I'd say. I think, so a plus obviously means we're higher on a team than the market and a minus means we're lower than a team. Again, it's funny the difference between the 11th and the 12th ranked team and we're both like, yeah, no, they're unanimously the worst ranked team. We both agree with them. Like a point five difference isn't huge again because we they can't have a point five, so it's just their power ranking difference there. Um, ultra phase top two, we're much higher on subliners than the market is. So I actually do think there is some value on subliners. They're the fourth team. We have them as the third team. It doesn't surprise me we're a little too we're higher on optic because again they're a fan based team, so of course they're going to get a lot of support there. Uh, same to some extent for thieves. We have them. We have them as sixth. They are fifth. They're minus one, but not a huge difference there. We're higher on surge in the market, but I think that was me. Uh, a little higher on legion. A little higher on heretics. But we're. I think the most notable one here is we're. I think the most notable ones are higher on subliners, lower on rocker. We think rocker is bad, and the markets they're okay. We're like, no, this is not good. What are your thoughts on like when you see this board? What's the first things that kind of stick out to you? Yeah, to me, the one that jumps off the page right away is actually New York, even though their difference in position is actually less than Rockers, if we just look at purely where we have each team ranked. But we've talked about Rocker is in that tier of teams toward the bottom where it's, I don't really know and I don't really care. So they're somewhere down there. We have them 10th. They have them 8th. Um, so the market seems to think that Rocker will qualify for champs. Um, we'll see. And actually, the gap they have between them and Royal Ravens, it's in terms of the odds to win champs, it doesn't look like much. But if you look at to qualify for champs, I would argue that it is a bigger gap than that. But yeah, New York, to me, jumps off the page. To see the market rank them fourth in the league after coming off a champs victory, really good year all around. They had a couple bumpy patches in the middle that I think they had good excuses for. I think it was major two in Boston, where New York kind of showed up late and just crashed and burned out of that event. Major 3 didn't look good at all, but you take out that middle part. They had the game figured out early and late, and that's what really mattered. So, uh, and, and to me, they, they made a clear upgrade this year. So the fact that they're fourth is a little bit surprising to me. But when I look at this table, the the biggest takeaway I get, even besides New York, is just that we're pretty in line with the market overall. If you look at just my rankings or just Robert's rankings, 
things can look a little wonky, but you just add them together and we look like the market. And I think that's a good thing. I think it shows that our analysis going into this year is thorough. I think I do some things well. I think you do some things really well. You put that together and you should get something that resembles what the market shows. I think that's awesome. And we talked about it earlier. There's a clear top four teams. If you just add up phase, ultra, subliners, and optic, their implied probability to win champs, it's about 80% of the market share. Very good odds we see one of those four teams win. Not a surprise to us there either. So yeah, I think we did a really good job ranking these. And I'm happy because if you looked at last year's market numbers, they were like scary good compared to the end of the regular season rankings. So uh, I'm happy where we are. Yeah, I agree with that. All right, so this is something that's going to be a little fun here. So we're going to now use our implied market probabilities, and we are going to do what we call the race to 1580. So we're going to do a draft. I'm going to draft six teams. CDL Metrics is going to draft six teams. And then we're going to basically, as we go through the year, we're going to add up the points totals, and then we're going to see who has the most points at the end of the year. And theoretically, the winning line should be 1580 if if CDL Metrics calculated it correctly. Because I did not calculate it. He did that. <laughs> That's me if it's wrong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if somehow we find out that this is wrong, you're fired. No, I'm just kidding. We'll see. This is Here's the thing. Honestly, there's no way to know, honestly. like I feel like we've tried to figure out the points, but the points is so complicated, the system, that there's really no way to figure that out. So we'll go with 1580. But again, either way, even if the 1580 is wrong... It's still cool. It's this is gonna be a really cool thing in terms of market implied probability. So, and actually, yeah, there's there's a slide explaining what I just explained. Oh, there we go. So we have okay. So let's let's draft our teams here. Who's gonna go first? Do you have a, a coin? Before we do, okay. Um, I I don't have a coin, so we might just need to. I can flip a coin on Google, I think, so we could do that. But. Okay. Should we do this like a snake draft? So the guy who goes first yeah. and then the guy who goes second gets the second pick. And I feel like picking two, and three then four, is too five. big of an advantage, I feel like. Okay, but if we alternate, then the guy who goes first has the better squad. So I think snaking is okay. the All right, fairest snaking way is okay. to do it. Okay, snaking works. Okay. Okay. It's, Actually, snaking is allowed right now. <laughs> snaking. Here, so here's the thing. I'll tell you what, before, if you want to flip a coin, we can flip a coin, but I'll make you a deal. I will let you go first and pick phase if I go second, then. If you want to pick, if you have phase first and you want phase, I'll let you go first. So here's the thing. I think we're going to get the teams we want anyway because okay. our rankings are different enough. But I say we flip the virtual coin. Okay. So I'll okay. let you I'll... call it, and I will, I'll be honest with what the result is. And yes. the winner gets to choose where they draft, first or second. Okay. Okay. So call whatever you want, and I'll flip it. All right. Heads. All right. Flipping time. It is tails. Tails. Okay. I'm being 100% honest, Robert. Okay. I, I trust you. I trust you. <laughs> I, I'll go first anyway, because I do think there's a clear top four. So I think either way, it'll end up being well. So I'll take phase number one. Yeah. And That's I think I, I know thought. who you're going to go with at two and three. Yeah. So you're going to go phase. I'm going to go ultra and then subliners. And then. All right. Fair enough. So then I get the next two. You're gonna so go I'll optic. take. 
Yes, Optic and Boston and this is gets my five. So I'll, Ooh. yeah, I'll take Boston. That was the interesting pick. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna go Thieves and Seattle. Wow, that's that that may. Here's the thing: that's either gonna win the game or lose the game right there. I so here's the thing: I think you're safe because I think that might be a tier break of teams. Because those were my next two, and now we're just in like the dumpster fire. Like one of yeah. these teams is going to qualify. So next team I have is Vegas. Okay. And yeah, I'll, I'll go Vegas. I'll go Vegas, and I'll go with my Minnesota Rocker. And then you will get not LAG. I'm guessing. <laughs> two. Okay. Who has? Oh, so I get to pick two out of three then. Okay. Yep, these are your last two. We have LAG on the board, who I know you're very interested in, and yes. Carolina and Miami. I... I'm going to take Miami just because it's high variance. And I feel like at this point, that's the best you can do. And then between see the thing is this is where this is interesting because I'll share my thinking because we know LAG is going to have a team change so you're betting on the fact that a theoretical team change could have a better team than what Carolina is right now so do I let you get a, a do I let you get a free team wipe or do I take LAG and hope for variance as well. Tricky. There's a lot of Canadians on LAG. I'll take LAG. There we go. National pride. Here we go. Really? Wow. Okay. Yeah, Diamond Con is Canadian and someone else? Was it Ezreal? Estriel. Yeah, the the other guy. Yeah. Cool. So I'll get Carolina. I'm good with that. All right, so just to summarize the teams, I have Phase, Optic, Breach, Legion, Rocker, and Royal Ravens, and Robert has Ultra, Subliners, Thieves, Surge, Heretics, and Gorillas. Yeah. All right, may the best man win. Yeah, I'm actually intrigued by this. This is going to be really interesting. I feel like I got everything I wanted, but I also feel like you got everything you wanted, too. It worked out. I think you're the fact that you got thieves in Seattle, and I got Boston and Vegas. I think you have an advantage there, but the top will be close. Like Atlanta and Optic, Toronto and New York. That'll obviously be close because we know those are the top four. And then, yeah, I, I think the middle or the back end of our teams could. Make the difference. Yeah. We'll see. It'll be a long year to track this, but should be fun. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Sorry, just got a text message there. So yeah. Uh, unfortunately, we decided to export this a PDF. That was a GIF for I exported this P- this uh, PowerPoint as a PDF. Maybe we'll work on that next week. But yeah, we are going to be back next week for 
the preview third i think we're recording it on wednesday we're for to be fair we're recording this on this wednesday but we are using a new system so i don't know when this is going to get up but this will be up before the next podcast 100 percent. this is either going to go up or no sorry we're recording this on thursday this week so this is either going to go up tomorrow on friday or like monday one or the other or sunday one or the other it's going to go up somewhere around there it might have to go up after this weekend but yeah, it's uh, yeah. We will see you next week, and we're gonna be having we're gonna be having games to talk about now. Just a quick reminder that I don't think either of our models are functional yet, so we're gonna be rehashing a lot of the same stuff this week. But there, I'm already seeing some value in some of these betting lines. Uh, yeah, we will see everybody next week. That's the last slide, right? Yeah, yeah, that's the last slide. All right, see everybody yeah. in a week from now. See you guys.